Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Amen. One verse in John 10, verse 27, Jesus speaking here. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I want to preach on the subject, the voice that matters most. The voice that matters most. You know, right now, there are so many voices in this world telling us so many things, so many incredible things, so many crazy things. There, there's, there's, there's people uh, uh, believe in all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, there's people out there and everybody seems to be in your face about something, and it's crazy. Amen. These voices are trying to pull us in all different directions. You know, voices in our head and voices in our ears and voices telling us to give up and voices telling us to give in, voices telling us to compromise our God-given convictions and beliefs, because after all, you know, you don't want to be fuddy-duddies, and you don't want to be old-fashioned. You don't want to be some fundamentalist, you know, from the last century that, that, you know, stick out like a sore thumb. Amen. I'll do all that, because if that's what you're calling, if that's what somebody's calling the Bible, amen, uh, I'm hanging with the Bible. Praise God. The Bible has not changed, and God's voice, amen, from His Word has not changed. Amen. Methods change, but His Word doesn't change. His doctrines, amen, times change, and technology changes, but God never changes. He said, I am the Lord, and I change not. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And James told us in chapter 1, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, of whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Amen. In other words, God doesn't change like shifting shadows as the sun goes from here to there. And you see the shadows change. Amen. On the ground. God doesn't do that. Praise God. Amen. Amen. There's voices of doubt and voices of fear and intimidation and confusion, condemnation and hatred trying to come on to people or whatever these days. Amen. Voices trying to rob us of our peace and joy. But I'm here to tell you, amen, there's only one voice that matters most, and it comes from a place called heaven, and his name is Jesus, and he's speaking peace in our lives. And if you'll listen to that voice and tune in, you'll be okay. But you see, you got to understand, God's voice is not the loudest voice out there. You'd think, well, he's the biggest thing out there. He ought to have a booming voice, right? Well, he, he has one when he wants to. Okay, don't worry. He can. Amen. But how he speaks to us, amen, is different. He's not the loudest thing out there. Praise God. So, so this is important to understand because you've got to be in a place where you can hear his voice because it isn't the loudest thing out there. Let me, let me show you a little bit. First Kings chapter 19, this was after... Uh, Elijah the prophet just had a great victory on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal and, and God showed who was God 
Uh, and then he received a letter from Queen Jezebel that she wasn't too happy with what he did with her prophets and, and basically threatened his life. So he ran for his life. And he ran into the wilderness. Amen. Because even prophets are human beings and, you know, they have bad days. <laughs> Everybody, I don't care how good you are, you have a bad day. Amen. And so he ran to the mountains and got some rest, got some food. God sent an angel to him. Amen. And then we find that uh, the angel said, go out, uh, go out of that cave and stand on the edge uh, of, uh, of this little cliff here. And, and uh, God's going to show you something. And so then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. First Kings 1911. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And guess which one the Lord was in? The still, small voice. It doesn't mean that God, if He doesn't, if He wants to and He needs to and He wants to he wants to get somebody's attention. Yeah, there can be a wind and there can be an earthquake and there can be a fire. But this is how he speaks, a still, small voice. Amen. And after that, God's voice came to Elijah and told him what he needed to do. Because see, Elijah was going to get out of there. He was going to have a one-way ticket on a chariot of gold pulled by horses of fire. Amen. And, uh, and so he had to do a couple things and get his get situation in order and, uh, you know, get a replacement for himself and, and go anoint this guy as king and go anoint that guy and tell this guy something. Amen. So God had, he told him all that with a still small voice. And right now this world is in a kind of a big mess and so many things are happening so fast that, you know, it's almost like, Hey, I don't need to like be watching too much news because you can get all like crazy or whatever. Amen. It's making our heads spin. What's going on? I'm talking about not just what's going on, you know, in another part of the world. There's all kinds of that, but what's going on in our own country. Amen. But you see, figuratively speaking, mighty winds are blowing, earthquakes are shaking things up, and fires are seemingly burning out of control. Amen. In this world, and that's not, God's not in a lot of that stuff. Amen. God is in a still, small voice. We cannot allow these things that are happening now to drown out the voice of God in our lives so that we can hear what he has to say to us. Encouraging words and words of direction. Amen. Telling us where we need to go, what we need to do. Amen. We've got to get to a place where we can just hear that still small voice. One lady said this, stress comes when we allow the many voices in life to drown out the only voice that matters, the voice of God. Amen. And you know what stress does, right? Everybody, we, we used to think stress was just stress. But then all of a sudden we got these, you know, medical issues coming on. And, uh, you know, you can't, doctors can't put their finger on it. And then they started blaming a lot of stuff on stress because it, it really stresses out your body. Amen. And so we can't let these voices stress us out. We've got to tune in to the voice that matters most because he has the final say. That voice will have the final say. And so I want to hang with the voice 
when all the dust settles that has the final say. Amen. So we've got to tune our spiritual ears to hear this wonderful voice that's not always the loudest. We got to position our heart and our mind and even our physical self. Sometimes we got to pull ourselves away. That's why Jesus said, if you read in the Sermon on the Mount, when he talks about prayer, he said, go into your closet and pray. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if you don't have a closet at home that you go and pray in, that God's not going to hear you. That's not what that means. Although when in my zeal, when I first got in church, when I first started living for God, I, I, I was very much a literalist on a lot of things. So, amen. When I read that verse, amen, I had a two-bedroom apartment in Bellflower, and one bedroom was just, you know, spare because I was by myself. I was a bachelor still. It was before uh, my wife and I got married. Amen. And so that spare bedroom had a big old closet, and I had a chair I put in there, and I put a bunch of pillows and blankets up on the top because I didn't want the people upstairs to get all fired up because there was some guy making a lot of noise, praying in the closet, amen, below them. And I literally had a prayer closet, praise God. And that's fine. But he was saying, you know, there's positioning. There's a place, amen, to get away. Jesus, was told. he told his apostles, he goes, we got to get away. Jesus would get away himself when he would go pray. He'd go up in a solitude, a, solid, you know, a place of solitude, a, play, a mountaintop or just out somewhere away from everybody so he could hear the still small voice of the Father, praise God. So we get a position, not our, only our heart and mind, but even our physical self. And so we are better able to hear the still small voice. Amen. So if the still small voice is still or small, then maybe we should be still so that we can hear the still voice. Amen. Praise God. I don't know about you, but you know, if, uh, you know, the dog's barking and the phone's ringing and, you know, somebody's mowing the lawn next door and then somebody's ringing the doorbell and all this kind of stuff. You're like, I, I'm having a hard time praying because, you know, uh, I, I'm like, you know, they say dogs are, you know, they see a squirrel, they're, you know, squirrel, you know, you know, they can't focus on anything for five seconds, right? And so uh, maybe, maybe some of you are better at praying and, and getting rid of all those distractions, but I, I got to find a little place uh, Amen. That's why I like to put music on or something and just drown some of that stuff out. Amen. That's why when we have prayer service sometimes on Thursday nights, so we just put the music on and, and just pray. Amen. I don't mind at all hearing other people pray. That doesn't bother me at all. In fact, that's an inspiration. Amen. When we get everybody praying together, praise God. But to, for us to hear that still small voice, we need to be still. Amen. And Psalms 46.10 said, be still and know that I am God. Amen. The word still means to be free from noise or turbulence, a state of freedom from storm or disturbance, peace, calm. It means to settle. Amen. And, and I love that Psalms 23 verse 2, that's the Lord is my shepherd psalm. That's the, that's the, the second most quoted passage in the scripture, you know, the number one most quoted passage is the Lord's Prayer. And then the Lord is my shepherd is the second most quoted passage in, in all the Bible. But verse two, it said, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Amen. So I think we 
you know, I know a lot of us, we have busy lives. I mean, we're living in Southern California, okay? Yeah, you know, people that fly over here for vacation and stuff, they think we're all nuts. Like, how do you guys drive in this? And how do you guys deal with this? And, you know, people are so rude and all that stuff. That just, you know, at least it's not as bad as New York City. So, you know, we're just the next step down, whatever. But, you know, but, uh, but we, even in Southern California, we got busy lives and busy jobs and family and all this stuff. We got to regularly pull off of life's busy highways and stop at the rest stops along the way, spiritually speaking, so we can hear the still small voice. Amen. And see, he maketh me to lie down. He leads me beside the still waters. God's going to help me find a still place so that I can be still long enough to hear the still small voice. What a God we serve. He helps me pray. He helps me get in the right place and frame of mind. Amen. If we will allow him to, he'll lead us to that place where we can clearly hear his voice. And when we're still enough to hear his voice, we will hear him say sometimes, stand still. Amen. Have you ever come to a crossroads? Have you ever come to a place in your life and you're not sure if to take the left or the right? You're not sure where to go, what to do. I'm not sure which one is the right decision. Maybe a job opportunity, maybe this or that. It's going to cause you to have to move out of state or, 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 or this, you know, relationship situation, a financial deal, whatever it is. Amen. Sometimes, uh, sometimes what God wants us to do is not choose the left or right. Don't be hasty. So stand still and let God show you. Amen. Let God tell you and show you which way to go. We, we find in the Old Testament when Moses and the children of Israel came out of Egypt after those ten uh, powerful plagues, and they, they didn't get very far. They got to right to the edge uh, between the mountain and the Red Sea, and they were camped there, and they thought, well, we're home free, everything's great, uh, until they, they heard some like almost thunderous, continuous sound, and they started looking at the ground, and, you know, have you ever seen the ground and when the pebbles start kind of bouncing off the ground? Like, that's either an earthquake. We know that's probably an earthquake if we're in Southern California. Or if you're in Egypt by the mount, from the mountain next to the Red Sea, that is a bunch of mad Egyptian guys led by the Pharaoh on a bunch of chariots coming to get revenge because their firstborn just died in that last plague. Amen. And the people were telling Moses, you brought us out here so we could get killed? Hey, great job. Boy, they sure had a lot of confidence in him. Amen. And here's Moses. Oh, my goodness. What are we going to do? And he talked to God. And that voice told him, grab the staff and go up to the bank of the Red Sea and just strike it down. Amen. And the waters parted. Praise God. But you know what? He told, but Moses went to God and heard what God had to say in that still small voice. And then he turned and told the people, hey, hang in there. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still right now. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to fight. You don't need to go on the offensive. You don't need to run and scream and ah and whatever and panic. Stand still. Amen. And then God put a pillar of fire right in front of, the, of all those chariots and all those horses went back and then he simultaneously parted the Red Sea and, and they say uh, up to from a million up to, to three million people that's how many was in that exodus crossed over on dry ground 
while that pillar of fire held back Pharaoh until they were all across. And then Pharaoh, of course, tried to cross over. Amen. While the door was still open, so to speak. Amen. But you know what? The blessing is only for specific people. Amen. Your promise is only for you. Your blessing's only for you. Amen. It's not for the enemy. It's not for the devil. Amen. And so when the devil, when the, when the, when the Pharaoh and his armies tried to come through, oh, we're going to get through and we're going to get them on the other side. Oh, I don't think so. Because that was their miracle. Amen. Amen. And then later on in the Old Testament, when we get to the times of the kings, amen, King of Judah, Jehoshaphat, was facing a, a very big army of several kings that came together to come against him. Amen. Even they sent him a letter saying, hey, this is what we're going to do to you. You better surrender now and just make it easy on yourselves and be our servants and we'll just take everything you have and we'll make you uh, laborers and all that kind of stuff. And he said, he just put the letter before the Lord. Amen. And the Lord sent a prophet and gave him the word. Amen. And he told the people, amen. God said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And so he was told not to send the army out. Sometimes it's not uh, time for us to fight. Sometimes it's time to see our dad fight for us. You ever saw your dad fight for you? Some bully beat you up or something and dad has to step in. Amen. Your dad fights for you. Amen. And so instead of sending the army out against this big, huge army, the army of Judah, which was much smaller and they would never have made it. Amen. He, you know, Jehoshaphat sent out the choir, the children's choir right there against this big, mean army over there. Children's choir, all the musicians and uh, all the other choirs and all this stuff and all the musical instruments. And they began to play and sing and worship God. And these three nations that came together to come against Judah, they all started giving each other the stink eye. You know, they all had a good, they were all together. Matt, we're coming against Judah. We're going to go against Judah. And it was Ammon and Moab and the Edomites. They all came together. They were all relatives, but they all hated each other. But they decided to come together to have the common enemy of Judah and Jehoshaphat. But when the choir started singing and everybody stood down, the army stood down, stand still and watch what God's going to do. Amen. The Ammonites started looking funny at the, uh, the Moabites and the Moabites started looking funny at the Edomites and they all looked funny at each other and they started killing each other while the choir was singing. Oh, you know, amazing grace. <laughs> How sweet, nothing, nothing, everything's calm on this side. We're standing still because we heard the still small voice. And then by the time they all mopped each other up pretty good, then it was a much smaller army. And then God said, okay, now you guys go in there with your army and clean them up. Amen. Stand still and see the salvation. But Jesus, he called his followers sheep in John chapter 10. We read it when we opened up in our first verse. And we know that God is our shepherd. Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is our shepherd. Psalm 103, know ye that the Lord, he is God. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Amen. And Jesus said, when he was talking about sheep and making a comparison, John chapter 10, verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens. 
and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Amen. I'm talking about the voice that matters most. Praise God. When you and I have that relationship with the Lord, amen, and we get to the place of, after practice and after just our walk with God, and our experience with God, walking with Him and finding out what that still small voice is and following it and only listening to it and only having confidence and trusting it. Amen. The, you know, the, these other voices that are out there, praise God, there's even voices of false Christ and voices of false prophets out there that will try to deceive God's sheep. Don't listen to their voices. Don't follow them. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. My, Mr. Sheep, what big teeth you have. You don't look like any sheep that I was raised with. My, Mr. Sheep, uh, you know, what a different kind of nose you have. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. That's that wolf. Amen. Praise God. Even Paul warned that once he died, he talked about after his departure, once he left and wouldn't see certain people after a while, he, he said in verse, uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 29, for I know this, that after my departure, Savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Amen. Praise God. I'm talking about people that uh, don't have our best interests at heart. That's why we got to stick close with God and his word. Amen. And he will never forsake us. He will never lead us astray. He is the shepherd that's not going to lead us right to the bears. He's a shepherd that's not going to lead us right to the lions and right to the wolves and the hyenas. He's going to keep us. He's going to protect us. He's not a hireling. Amen. First sign of trouble, a hireling will abandon the sheep and say, "Woo! I'm not getting paid enough for this. But a true shepherd that loves a sheep, he's going to have his staff Amen. And he's going to try to fend off the bear and the lion and whatever to protect the sheep. Amen. God's true sheep will not follow the voice of strangers. And our text verse, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And when God knows us, amen, we'll know him. We'll know his voice. Amen. That's why Jesus said many times in the gospels, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. Let them hear. Amen. What are they hearing? They're going to hear God's word. And one of the best places to hear his voice is in prayer. We know prayer is talking to God. We know prayer is casting all your care on God. We know prayer is asking things of God. But did you know a very important part of prayer? Because prayer, like any conversation, is a conversation. It's a dialogue. Amen. An important part of prayer is listening to what God has to say. Amen. I personally have never 
heard the audible voice of God. I know of people that, ha that have. I've heard people that have. I've heard people that have seen angels. Amen. I've, I believe I've felt angels, but I've never seen them. Amen. But you know what? Praise God. God wants to speak. He speaks in our minds. He speaks in our spirit. He speaks in our heart. Amen. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. So we need to listen when we pray. Have you ever been in conversation with somebody that wants to do all the talking? It's not a conversation. You can't really talk very long because, you know, you're just, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like the next person waiting in line to get into the, 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 the jump rope thing, you know? Are you going to let me in or what? You know, you, you try to open your mouth. Somebody's like, you know, just giving it to you, giving it to you, you know? And, and I, I believe God wants to speak to us. God wants to tell us things. Amen. But we've got to make a space for him to speak. It's like, well, I'm going to go through this list and then I'm going to get up and go get a coffee and get my day started. Amen. That's good. Go through your list, but then have some time for him to, you know, like, Lord, what should I do here? Lord, what should I do here? Amen. No, it's like, hey, you asked him what you should do. You asked him, you know, why don't you hang out a second and let him tell you. Maybe he wants to tell you right then. Maybe it's not then, but he, you know, he could tell you right then. Who knows? He'll speak to you. He'll show you something in his word. Amen. So a very important part of prayer is listening for the still small voice of God. One man said prayer is listening for the still small voice of God, listening with the ear of our hearts. And his voice is also forever memorialized in his word. His word is his will. His word is his voice. Amen. One person said the voice of God will never contradict the word of God. And that is true, folks. Amen. So when, when, when a voice comes to you and it says, you know, hey, you know, there is no heaven. There is no hell. And, you know, you don't have to do anything. And you know, the Bible is, you know. You can just stop following that. Uh, I'm going to say that's not the voice of God. I think I'm pretty safe on that one. How about you? Amen. I don't think that's the voice of God. So the voice of God will never contradict the written word. The written word is forever settled in heaven. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Amen. Amen. So if a dream is from God... It will not go against the Bible. So if you have a dream and you, you know, you like get up and you're like, oh my goodness. Maybe you tell somebody the dream and you say, I wonder if that's from God. Amen. And if it has some kind of glaring contradiction against the word of God. No. Could have just been a burrito dream. Too much hot sauce. You know, it could have just been, you know, you, you shouldn't eat that much Chinese food at midnight and go to bed, right, right to bed on it. I don't know. There's those, there's those kind of dreams. I don't know about you, but I've, I've ate late, and I've had some wild ones. Amen. But uh, they're not from God. Praise God. If a vision, which is kind of a dream while you're awake, that's what a vision is. When, you, when you're awake and you, you have a kind of a waking dream, amen. If it goes against the word of God, it's not from God. Amen. And if somebody comes up to you and gives you a prophecy or a word, say, they say it's a word from God, it better line up with the written word of God. Amen. I've had people come to me when I was a new guy in the church, you know, and you're really impressionable and you don't know, you know, what's going on and you just believe in everybody's, 
uh, got your best interest at heart. And I had one guy come up to me and said, you know, hey, uh, the Lord told me to tell you, you better not do that, you know, whatever it was. Amen. And then I was like, oh, my goodness. The Lord spoke to me. Wow, this is real. This is powerful, you know. And then I went and asked somebody, an elder in the church that knew this guy and said, yeah, I wouldn't listen to nothing that guy said. Because I just saw him doing thus and such and that and so. And uh, I don't think he's hearing from God much these days, okay, <laughs> from, from his conduct. And I was like, oh, praise God. Okay. Amen. But you've got to go against, you know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. And the multitude of counselors, their safety, praise God. And the word of God is one of the grace, greatest safeties we have. Praise God. The Bible said in Revelation 2, 7, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Amen. The spirit wants to say something to the churches. And that was like seven literal churches in Asia Minor back in those days. But it's also for us, any church, any person that says that they are a child of God, a believer in God, hear what the Spirit says. Not what anybody else says that goes against it. Amen. I'm not saying all voices are not of God. Amen. But I'm just saying you got to be careful who you let speak into your life when it comes to the big stuff. Amen. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Let's stand right now, if you would. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. Amen. If you hear His voice today, don't harden your heart. Amen. Because you know what? I, I know that if God's speaking to us, Amen. I mean, I, I hope he's going to speak to me tomorrow, and I look forward to it, but I can't uh, slough him off today because if he tell, wants to talk to me today, I want to hear. I want to not harden my heart. I want to have an open heart and say, God, help me to hear you and not just be a hearer of the word, but also a doer. That's the next step, uh, to be a doer of the word. And I'll close with this final verse in Revelation 3.20. We find, and this is the Laodicean church, this is the last of the seven churches described in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 that he was trying to tell some things to. And he, uh, we find a sad situation. We find Jesus on the outside of the door of his own church knocking. Isn't that kind of sad? Like, hey, you guys start church without me? I mean, I thought it was I will build this church, my church. Isn't this my church? And what you guys doing? Starting without me, you know? It's like this Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him, you know, like spiritual food and, all, and he with me. Now this door right here, I believe it's the door of every person's heart. Amen. And the doorknob and the lock and all, you know, the five deadbolts and, you know, the, the big wood thing across and, and all, you know, and, you know, all the attack dogs and everything you got guarding that door. It's all on inside and it's under your control. And so, you know, anything that's coming into that heart and through that door, that's you're letting it in there. I'm letting it in there. That's why I can't just let any voice in there. I can't just let anybody and anything in there. Amen. But the one who created that heart 
Amen. He wants to come and he wants to abide. He wants to live in there. Praise God. So when his voice is knocking on that door, it's not the big bad wolf trying to huff and puff and blow your house down. No, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Open all those dead bolts. Amen. Put all the dogs back. Lock them away. Amen. Take off the, all the bars and everything and open and let them in. The greatest thing that you can do is to let Jesus in and let him stay there. Praise God. Let him stay there because he is not a freeloader. He will not just take advantage. He'll come in and he'll make your place better. He'll make your heart a better place. He'll clean it up and he'll improve it and he'll do some, uh, you know, some uh, remodeling that's going to be very, very awesome. Praise God and make you a better person. Amen. But I got to listen to the voice that matters most. The voice that matters most. Praise God. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.